Today on episode 58 of the Home Play podcast, the PS5 receives its first major update. CD Projekt Red grabs onto Cyberpunk a little bit tighter, and our reaction to the Resident Evil showcase. All that and more. Intro time! Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to episode 58 of the Home of Play podcast, where every Monday, the two best friends join forces to give you all the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we are the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Steve, and with me, I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself, Christopher. Hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast, so we don't include any of that bias or paid-for opinion stuff that you do not need here. Because of this, that allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually want to know. All of our content is free for you to join your leisure. We only ask that you help support the show by telling a friend and spreading the word. Because when you spread the word, you spread the cause. And that is all we care about. Just let your friends know that we're on all their favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing, it's all because you lovely gaming homies helping to spread the cause through the power word of mouth like we talked about. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints we want to hear from you, please leave any of those in our email address, which is homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com, and we will read your questions on the show or alone in private while we discuss all the Sony problems that we have in our news this week. On today's episode, we have eight news articles to discuss. But first, as always, let us begin with what we've been doing this last week. And we will start with Chris. It's been a quiet week. Uh, During the week, I haven't really felt like playing too much. And mostly just been watching uh, streamers lately. Uh, That's one thing I can, I guess, thank or curse COVID for this year is uh i've fallen down the streamer hole and just constantly watching tons of that stuff i find it entertaining but i've I've always been that person that i get entertained watching people play games too so like uh, that's it's always just gone hand in hand it's just now it's now i'm addicted yeah i'm addicted uh as far as what i have played this week on PlayStation, I've played a little bit more of Valhalla. I think I finished another province. Uh, I did finally get to that spot that you guys were talking about where um, you can go to another like main map or something. Uh, I unlocked it because it's like I killed all the order members of one group and it gave me a clue to find one of the head guys. And I guess the head guys on that other map. I don't know if that's the proper way to unlock that other map, but that's how I did it. I didn't go there yet, but it's unlocked anyway. So uh just been having fun with that, purchasing random stuff and that with the you know, the silver that you get and it's been good. I I haven't had a bad time with it. I just find the stories a little bit um I don't know, maybe just stretched for the sake of stretching it, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm enjoying it. Um I finally went back and attacked uh I killed some of those the you know the big witch bosses where it's like you could go to this zone and kill everything in power level 50 until you hit that side quest and they're like 180. Uh, so I took out two of the witches. The third one's like 360. So I'm like, well, <laughs> screw that. I'm not going to be able to do that anytime soon. Um, that's pretty much my console experience this week. Uh, on PC, mostly just some of the party stuff, tabletop simulator, uh, a little bit of Among Us. Um, one game i picked up this week which was it looked hilarious to me and it goes hand in hand with among us is first class trouble not sure if you've heard about that one steve 
it's a six person uh like th uh third person perspective and you're like on a ship and there's two uh they're called personoids like killers or bad guys amongst the six and you pretty much have to escape or you have to disable the artificial intelligence on the ship to survive type thing and it's one of those games where it's like you can vote people off in between the rounds and you walk around finding clues and hints to who the bad guys are uh, weapons to protect yourself uh it's more there's more to it than among us like there's like like i said the weapons you could get yourself caught on fires and somebody could put you out with a fire extinguisher. Uh, there's traps and stuff. It, it's, it's pretty good. I pretty much played it like for one night. It was like right before I had to go to work like the next day. I was like, okay, we'll do like one or two rounds just to try the game out. And we ended up playing it till like two in the morning. So that didn't work well for that day of work, but I went through it. Um, but yeah, it's pretty good. It's still early access right now, but uh, I have high hopes. I'm hoping they'll increase uh, the player cap. Six people's good, but it's a little um, unbalanced, I think, for the, the, the bad guys. Like, they tend to win. Um, mostly just because people, like, the crewmates make impulse decisions and make, make like, just make the wrong choices. Um, and, and, like, literally, I remember watching someone else playing the game and... It's like the, the bad guy actually did nothing to stop the crewmates. The crewmates just sabotaged themselves into the oblivion. So it was pretty funny. But So that's pretty much been my gaming this week. It's been pretty quiet. So how about yourself? Uh, okay, so if anybody knows that listens to the podcast, if you're hearing me now, you might have noticed that uh, last episode, episode 57, didn't have any descriptions, timestamps, anything like that. That is because the start of the week, I got to start it with a huge snowstorm. Uh, so basically, I couldn't get home. I didn't trust the highways. Got I had to get a hotel. So I, I basically uploaded our podcast through my phone. And for obvious reasons, it was just hard to get the timestamps and descriptions. I was going to like paste all these titles with my phone. It would have taken me like longer to do that than to actually listen to the podcast itself. Uh, so yeah, basically right off the first two days of the week, it didn't leave me with a lot of gaming time. Uh, so Wednesday, I finally got home. Well, I, I got home Tuesday, but it was late, uh, Wednesday night or morning day, whatever. It was a time and I f re <laughs> like, this is kind of dumb. I own Mortal Kombat 11 physical, but you know, I think me and you always have this conversation of like how lazy can I be mm. but lazy enough to buy that game again? <laughs> it's on this spring sale on uh, the P PlayStation store. Uh, and I saw that they had the ultimate edition, which comes with the original game, uh, the character pack one and two aftermath expansion, which I didn't buy that or the character pack two yet. So I was like, well, for like the little they're asking it was a pretty good deal and i'm like plus that game does have a ps5 like upgrade so it like loads faster which i think it needed uh i still think it could load a little bit better there's some weird glitchy stuff there i found cutscenes had like frame rate issues a lot of the time but anyway got it played it and uh, yeah i finally got to play the aftermath expansion and you know if you know anything about me you know i like the mortal kombat stories and yeah, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it a lot. It's not as long as the original, but I never expected it to be. But it was still quite lengthy. 
interesting changes they made and you know the characters are fun i like that they focused on some characters they wouldn't normally focus on and i love shang soon so he's just always a treacherous bitch but uh i love him anyway there's uh, a handful of games out there that i purchased multiple times and i don't feel bad about it because it's like the games were so good that i would buy them multiple times and i'm happy to give the the money to those companies so for me it was not that i'm upset about giving them more money even though i have a love hate thing with the microtransactions and i kind of feel like they you know i lean on the side that they are trying to bleed people out of money you know they come out and say like oh no like you don't have to spend money for any of this stuff. I'm like, yeah, but you make it stupidly hard to unlock the things you want in that game in an intentional way to try to force people to spend money. Right. Like, there, even myself, like, I don't buy a lot of microtransactions, this or that, but I'll see costume packs, and I'm like, oh, my God, that costume's really hard to get with the parameters that they've set, so do I just spend money and get it? And, yeah, I did. I spent, like, five stupid bloody dollars getting a melina costume because it was like her original costume from mk1 or no sorry mk2 maybe it's three can't remember either one they looked basically identical and uh so i i did it i'm like damn it they win <laughs> so anyway yeah i bought it again only because i just was too lazy to get up and get a physical disc and then the thought process of having to put that disc in and out between persona 5 royal i'm like nope we're just rebuying it <laughs> like that is it otherwise i haven't really played much i got yeah, I've just kind of got back in the speed of playing Mortal Kombat 11. So I've just been playing a little bit every day when I get home between trying to keep up on all the freaking new TV shows as well. I wonder how good that game would work if we tried playing it over the PS5, like the share play. Like mm. if I could, if I wonder if I, there could be an internet issue with that, but I'm wondering how responsive it would be if I got to play as player two. We should try that. We should try that. It would be worth, it could be a, probably a good test. So Yeah. See if our Except you bud mash and you bud mash in the worst way where you win every time. I'm like, how is it that I know how to play this game? But, but now you there could me. be a delay. That's true. Watch the delay will be on my end. It'll just be my character get his ass kicked. Oh, knowing my luck. Speaking of Mortal Kombat, uh, are you getting excited for the movie? Because it's coming oh, out next week. Oh, you know week. I am. You it's know I am. Week. It was supposed to be today. And they freaking oh. delayed it randomly like two or three weeks ago. I want to say it was roughly... I think the why they did it was probably let Kong and uh, Godzilla breathe because that ge that movie was... I think it did better than they thought it was going to do. I think so and too, actually. So then they were kind of like, oh, crap. Like, why are, why would we, like, ru ruin our own success by releasing this, like, two weeks after, right? So I think they delayed in a week later uh, because of that. And so my heart's a little broken because I thought I'd be binging the crap out of that movie right so now. Do you have access to it with your yes, HBO? Yes, I have HBO now. Uh, do I have access to that HBO now? <laughs> I can't uh, remember. Do you, you gotta recall get... if I remember? No, you'd have to do a few other okay. steps that I can't okay. really help you with. You might have to socially distance that day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for that. I'm, you know, I'll, I'm going to get a lot of those movies, like uh, Suicide Squad, I get in... August, I want to say August, July. I don't know. Um, can't remember what else. Conjuring three, like HBO Max is paying its subscription for me because so, I don't have to rent those movies, right? So I'm saving so much money because those rentals uh, they cost quite a bit. Uh, but anyway, yeah, gaming news. That's about it. Well, not gaming news. Sorry, my update. That's all I really have. So we're going to move on to the show, and we're going to start with those eight news articles I was talking about. So let us just get into 
the news. news. Starting with number one, Square Enix is not for sale, or so they say. This one comes from Games Radar. A Square Enix acquisition could be in the works according to a new report. This news comes from Bloomberg Japan, with the relatively short and snappy post claiming that multiple companies are currently invested or sorry, interested in acquiring Square Enix, although the report doesn't name any of the companies that are currently pursuing the potential acquisition. Uh, it kind of ends there, but uh, then we also have an update. Square Enix has responded to reports that multiple companies are looking to acquire it, saying, quotes, it does not consider selling off the company. The short response also states that they have yet to receive any offers from third parties after an early report claimed that several unnamed companies are considered making an acquisition offer. The statement reads, Bloomberg has reported today that there is interest from several buyers to acquire Square Enix. However, this report is not based on any announcement by Square Enix Holding Co. Limited. We do not consider selling off the company or any part of its business, nor have we received any offer from third parties to acquire the company or any part of its businesses. Uh, quick and sweet. What are your thoughts? It also then added, uh, that, but it's willing to sell. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> no. Well, that was one a news article I didn't put on here that we were thinking of talking about this week was, uh, that Badland Wonder World or whatever it's called. I always yeah. want to say Badland Wonderland, but yeah. I think Curtis corrected us on that. But anyway, it not only in the month of release, it did not hit the top 40 for selling games that month, which is not good for a new IP. Um, but it also, they were like, it's, it's gotten such bad press that they actually canceled the demo. You can't download the demo now. <laughs> so like, don't get like, you got that. You got the $70 million loss in uh, Marvel's Avengers. You just got like waves of bad things. But the only thing that makes me believe that this isn't actually going to happen uh, or at least anytime soon is Final Fantasy 14, honestly. Like, they're doing a big push yeah. on the PlayStation 5 update, and I'm seeing a lot of, like, good news about it, and, you know, that's a monthly subscription. That's bringing them millions of dollars a month. Yeah, that's, like, that's their WoW, right? Their World yes. of Warcraft. So they're always going to have the safety coverage of having one of the best MMO series out there. So they're always going to have that fallback. Uh, I'm kind of curious if at some point they're going to look at evolving um, the Final Fantasy series into another new MMO. Uh, obviously, there was uh, FF11 and then uh, was it 14 is the other one, right? Yeah. So, I mean, number wise, they could be due for another one. But the fact that they're working on the, the PS5 uh, next gen upgrade um, makes me think that they might be committing more to Final Fantasy 14. And I've enjoyed my brief amount of time in that game. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, if somebody wants to buy Square Enix, I guess it's possible. Yeah, Just late, lately, they've been making so many mistakes. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, they've had a lot of rough years. Uh, you know, I think last year because of, you know, they had great success with Final Fantasy VII Remake, even though I can't understand why. <laughs> my I can't get over my personal bias, but whatever. But then, you know, like we were saying, Marvel's Adventures, it actually made it look like a bad year for them again. Year before that, Kingdom Hearts 3 sold well, but it didn't carry over because of, like, there was a lot of bad, you know, press on that as well. You know, a lot of people, me, I believe yourself, we're pretty negative about it. I, I yeah. think the majority were pretty negative on it. it. The game did and, not evolve with its audience. Yes, and they just seem to have a lot of, you know, lackluster releases 
in the last, like, I don't know, I'd say decade, it's been pretty negative all around. I enjoyed Final Fantasy 15, but, uh, I mean, look how long that took to come out. Uh, so yeah, like, is it an impossibility? No, especially when you start thinking like Microsoft and how aggressive they've been lately and the, the big dollar stacks that they're willing to just plop on people's plates. I don't think it's an impossibility. I just don't think this is likely right now. Like I said, I think they're finally starting to hone in on something. I think they see success in the Final Fantasy VII remakes. Uh, they obviously see success in Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, we still have yet to see anything more of Final Fantasy 16, though that is supposed well was supposed to be 2021, but there's no way that's happening now. Uh, I just cannot see them going this long without an update and then being like, oh no, no, we're still the fall. Uh, so that's 2022. If I mean it's square, let's be honest, it could be 2024. <laughs> like I, you know, I'm not holding breath here. Uh, but yeah, I just, I don't think this is likely. It's kind of funny. It seems like they're like the, I'm looking at the response and it just seems slightly aggressive. Like we're not doing this. We're not interested in people's offers. I'm like, yeah, you wait till Microsoft says billion at the end of that number and then we'll see. <laughs> so I don't know. Do you think this is likely or, uh, I mean, Square Enix is one of the big ones, right? Um, I mean, I guess it's, it's a little bit. I mean, it's a little bit less than probably EA or Ubisoft or some of those ones, but it's still a AAA humper outer. So um, someone going and buying it, it would surprise me. Um, I would want Sony to do it because I've always felt like uh, Square has always been Sony to me. Yeah. Like back no, in the I day, back when it was Squaresoft, it was always, it was a Sony one, right? Oh, and it feels to take like it home, back. guys. <laughs> it's like they're going back that way too, because now that you bring it up, you think about it. And um, Project Athia, code or like what was it renamed? I, the Forspoken. Yeah. Um, and now sixteen. Those are all either exclusive or time exclusive. Yeah, it would be. I would be happy if they were pulled under the PlayStation Studios umbrella type thing. And even Final Fantasy VII Remake was supposed to be time exclusive, but that's been over a year now, yeah. and there's still no word of it going anywhere else. Yeah. Maybe it was a two-year exclusivity. I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, they're well, well off enough. They're well off uh, where they could just, they're fine being on their own, right? So. Yeah. You know what else is fine by themselves? We got Sucker Punch news. This one is number two. Sucker Punch is looking at creating a new multiplayer game. This one comes from IGN. Take it away, Chris. Ghost of Tsushima developer Sucker Punch is working on a new project that it describes as a, in quotes, spectacular multiplayer game, as opposed to all the like non-spectacular ones, which there are a lot of them. The news arrives in the form of a job advertisement on Sucker Punch's job web recruitment uh, website. The developer is seeking a multiplayer network programmer to join its team in Bellevue, Washington. Uh, in quotes, our talented multiplayer designers create awesome game ex team experiences, and you'll be pivotal in bringing that creativity to life in a spectacular multiplayer game, reads the job description. A uh, little more can be inferred from the role's description and requirements. No mention is made of what form of multiplayer game is being worked on. And so we can't ascertain at this stage if the project is a PVE co-op or a PVP um, game. Uh, all other details present, uh, presented are fairly standard discussion of programming for online multiplayer. 
is this new project a Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer game? Sucker Punch has recently advertised for a writer with a desire to write stories set in feudal Japan. Uh, we can't tell if these projects are related or separate right now, but take fr- take from what you will. Take, but take from take what from. You- oh, I think they're meant to say, but take, take it, from it what you will. Yeah, take from it from what you will. There's I no, gotta love there's these no writers editors anymore. Like, we, are you kidding me? I guess we should pre-edit the, the writers. <laughs> and then we'll have to email back to them. Be like, uh, you're done. It'd be one of those grammar sheets, all red strike throughs and. <laughs> <laughs> But take it from what you will. <laughs> That's our new saying. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Looking at this, I don't know. They've had a lot of success with uh, Ghost of Tsushima Legends. And I wouldn't doubt if they're going to just double down on that. You know, maybe this is their entry into, I don't want to call it games of a service, but something like that. Between that and a looter shooter, looter slasher, like uh, Godfall likes to call it. <laughs> um or, you know, even though Diablo is probably looking at be like, yeah, looter slasher, huh? Looter slasher, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we were kind of that before you. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I, I just assume it's uh, probably going to be another Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer mode. But, you know, uh, kind of this one built strictly for that purpose. Remember almost uh, feels like a year ago already. Uh, I remember we were talking about playing it. <laughs> we still have it. It's still on our list of things to do. There's just when it came out, what it, I think it released in October. Sounds right. Yeah. And I'm like, we just, you know, there is well, Watch Dogs Legends led up into that. Legions. Then, uh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Legions. Uh, and then what was it? Valhalla came shortly after that. And yeah. then it was and then Demon's the next Souls. System. And, yeah. And then there's just way so yeah. much stuff. And uh, you're right. Now it's probably easier to go back, but, um, yeah, we just got to line up a slot and actually try it. <laughs> we we're, we have a backlog of things we want to at least try out. Oh, yeah. We're still talking about um, It Takes Two. It Takes Two. Uh, I'd still like to try that uh, All-Star Destruction one or whatever. Oh, just at least yeah, try it. I forgot it. about that. <laughs> See, there's so much stuff that's like you... There's been... You know, I know a lot of people have been kind of negative online lately about the lack of stuff coming out. You know, I keep hearing a lot of people being like, oh, I can't wait for... Resident Evil Village so I can actually play something. I'm like, but really, when we're having this discussion, I'm just like, there's a lot of stuff I haven't touched. Like, yeah. maybe it's more of a me problem <laughs> than it actually is about <laughs> these products, you know? Like, ugh. Yeah. But anyway, I- getting back to the whole thing. Yeah, I'm putting my money down on this another Ghost of Tsushima. I just think they had great success there. Uh, would I be happy or okay with another IP? Absolutely. Uh, do whatever you want. I this is where I get a little more technical. If it was a new IP and it's a multiplayer game, I would actually switch my take, and I think I'd be quite negative. Um, I you know I I'm not I'm so burnt out on games of a service or things that are even like games of a service. Um, uh, you know I've had this argument with people in person where they are like, "Well, Outriders isn't games of a service." I'm like, "Okay, you're probably right." But it feels like a games of a service. It, it and even if you don't want to say it's that, it's something in between. Uh, to me, anyway, games of a service and a looter shooter, and I'm just done with both. Uh, I, I just don't need any more of that stuff. Uh, you know, Marvel's Avengers, Anthem, Outriders. I mean, d- what is it? The uh, Division One or Two, Destiny One or Two. I, th- there's too many of them. I've had enough. So like. Instantly when I hear a multiplayer game, my brain just goes to those type of games. So I don't want that. 
if I'm wrong and it's the Ghost of Tsushima Legends, then because I have a little more familiarity with Ghost of Tsushima, I, maybe I'd be okay with that. And like I said, me and you have both heard really good things about their multiplayer mode. So maybe I just have more trust in that. Yeah, I agree with so, everything there. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any more to talk about that or you think that's kind of summed up? No, yeah, that pretty much sums up my feelings exactly. I'm excited to see. It's it, In my eyes, they're at the point where... Uh, uh, CD Projekt Red was where they could do no wrong <laughs> back in the day. Oh, the day. So hopefully it doesn't uh, go the exact same path. But yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that anything they do will probably be good. So I have no like, again, you're right. I should learn because of CD Projekt Red. But like, you're right. I really love the infamous series. Um, mm hmm. So, like, with that and Ghost of Tsushima, I, yeah, usually they're putting out bangers, so I do have somewhat faith in them. And I I want to say I believe in Sony to keep them on the right path, too. But with last week's episode, <laughs> maybe I'm <laughs> half and half on that as well. Uh, so we can quit that topic, but what we can't quit is number three, which I have titled... Why can't I quit you? This one comes from Destructoid. CG Project Red has reiterated that it is fully committed to fixing, improving, and growing its ambitious RPG Cyberpunk 2077 over the coming years. Uh, adamantly stating that the idea of shelving the trouble title and moving on is not even on the table. Uh, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. I don't see an option to shelve Cyberpunk 2077 CDPR. Executive Adam Kosinski said in a recent dialogue with Rooters, uh, we are convinced that we can bring the game to such a state that we are proud of it and therefore successfully sell it for years to come. Uh, I took a very small clip from the actual article. If you want to read it, like I said, it's on Destructoid, but I feel like this just gets everything we really need to say here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, not a surprise. Uh, if you're asking my opinion, which you're listening to the podcast, so I hope you are, I would just say they put way too much investment in this game. They made way too big of a deal of it. There's no way they could quit this game and hope to save any good like publicity here. Yeah. They, they it's their only option is to, I know in the past we've talked about and many people have talked about, it's like, Oh, should they just wipe their hands clean and move on and just go do what's good? Go do another Witcher four, which obviously they're going to work on, but uh i'm in my mind i'm like they put too much investment into this it's like you can't just throw everything down and make a first person shooter style rpg game and then just scrap it and move on like they you just you just can't at this point so i i am going to be hopeful i feel this game uh will get there it will be good at some point it's it's sounds like it's i don't what's the best word it sounds fine right now. <laughs> they, they're constantly fixing issues. Um, speaking of issues, uh, they just released, an, or I don't know if they, the patch is out yet, but uh, Hotfix 1.21 uh, is now, I think, live on PC consoles and studio. Um, and just looking at the patch notes from that, there's so much. I'm, I'm kind of shocked how many quest related issues there is. Because that list is just every time they release a patch, it's like uh, just tons of uh, quest related issues, like people not moving the way they ha are supposed to, uh, issues with vehicles positioning, all this kind of crap. So, like I, I was mentioning earlier before we started recording, 
as like I'm I think by the time e- the PS5 version comes out uh Steve you're probably going to want to replay this game because it's some of the quests are probably going to be totally like they're going to feel totally different than probably what you experienced the first time I want to believe you but I honestly I just don't think the changes they need to make to make this game like more than just standard yeah, yeah. I just like it's going to take way too much work and they have so much they already have to do. So I just feel like I'll come back and you're right. There's going to be subtle changes, but it's yeah. not, like, you know, let, let's OK. So this hot fix you're talking about now, I just read online that it sounds like it finally, even though they talked that they fixed it before, it sounds like this one finally actually gets the police to stop spawning behind you. I thought this one was more specific to like when you're on tall buildings or something, but you could be right. <laughs> well, that's what I heard. Cause I heard they kind of fix the police, but then it sounded like from one, again, it's a lot from a different bunch of sources. So maybe it's scrambled in my brain, but it sounded like people said the normal police spawned better or at least have a slight delay. Right. But those extreme guys would oh, just pop right, up behind right. you still. This one apparently makes them also not spawn behind you. And I'm like, okay, like if you guys are still at this point, like, I don't know how many months we're at, like four or five months after release, and you're still working on just police spawning, right? Like, I'm not going to hold my breath that we're going to see, like, the structure of this game magically change, yeah. and now it's the game they promised us. I, it's just, it's never going to happen. It's going to look prettier. It's going to run better. I have no faith, or sorry, no doubt in that, but um, I don't know. It's just, all this stuff is just... L- jargon in my opinion like you know even like listening like we i you know the quote i don't see an option to shelve it okay but reading this whole thing you know what i got i almost got a ptsd flashback when they exactly did the same thing bioware talking about anthem oh guys like we're we're committed to this we're committed to this we had a roadmap for 10 years like we're gonna do it we're gonna do it (laughs) and then what happened two years later and that's what this is they're gonna stick with it long enough to get started on their next game and yes you're gonna get the updates you're gonna get dlc uh all that stuff maybe some expansions but i don't like i just don't think it's profitable i think you know you poison the well already like it's Mm. i don't know i i get it you got to keep going because otherwise you look like somebody that nobody's going to want to invest in in the future obviously like even as you know an actual investor or just someone who's interested in this, the gaming hobby, like who would want to buy Witcher 4 if you now know that they're just going to give up on it if it doesn't do well. Right. So they have to, it's, this is a situation where the gun's on the back of your head. You got to keep moving. Yeah. Drive. I'll be, I'll, be completely, <laughs> I'll be completely honest. I, it's weird. I'm almost excited to play it when it does come to the PS5. Like I, I have it. I'm wait. I'm gonna wait now. I'm at the point where I'm gonna. I'm just gonna wait for. I can. I have the ability to restrain myself, and I will play it once it's on the PS5. Probably after they patch it one time after it's on the PS5, because you never know, right? One time, <laughs> one time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm. I'm trying to be hopeful when it comes to Cyberpunk. I, but yeah, yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's going to look prettier and it's probably going to load faster. Uh, that much, I think I can guarantee you. I just, I want them, you know, maybe this is me being spiteful, 
but I want to like start the next gen version. And before the game starts, every time you actually start the game, I want Adam to come out like a 3D model and be like, we're sorry. We're sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Okay. So I think that's all we need to say about that. Let's move into even more depressing news. This one's number four is PS3's coffin already closed. Uh, this one comes from VGC. Take it away, Chris. Members of the PSN Profiles Forum have listed over 30 games that have allegedly stopped detecting their previously released updates, including first-party titles such as Journey, Gran Turismo 5, and Twisted Metal. Other games affected reportedly can include uh, Battlefield 4, Castlevania Lords of Shadows, Flow, Payday 2, Tekken Tag Tournament 2, Soul Calibur 4, and Just Cause 2. Uh, if accurate, it means that the games affected can't be acquired by new users with their most up-to-date features, and in some cases, even their trophies and online features are missing. Due to the inconsistent list of games affected, Little Big Planet reportedly updates, but its Game of the Year edition does not, for example. It's speculated that the missing patches could be due to server failures going unrepaired, rather than the actual removal of the updates. According to the allegedly affected users, the PS3 titles listed above won't detect and download their patches even when using the XMB to manually check for the update. Sony has confirmed it will shut down the PS3 PSP online markets on July 2nd, following by the Vita store on July 27th. I also want to quickly put in there that there's been some updates to this article where people are now reporting that some of these games magically started working again, getting their updates, but there's a lot that still haven't. So really, there doesn't seem to be a definitive answer to this, if it's intentional or not. If some of the games started working again, I'm wondering if it's unintentional. I, I feel like it's unintentional, and I... I the fact that they add that little tidbit about the store being shut down, I feel like that is should be unrelated to this. Um, I mean, I guess I don't have evidence of why it would be like that. I just, I'm pretty sure this has just got to be a glitch or something that's going on. And yeah, I bet you they're probably migrating systems over to like new servers or some shit on the Sony side. And uh, I have a, we'll probably hear something soon. It's good yeah, to see I, people are playing PS3, though. <laughs> well, even for myself, when we were talking last week, when I bought all those uh, older games, uh, majority of them, I think 9 out of 10 of them were PlayStation 1 or PS2 classics or whatever. But one of them was a PS3 game. It was Dragon Guard 3, and it's only because I've been recently getting into the Nier series, and I found out that Dragon Guard 3 has an ending that kind of ties to Nier Autonoma, or, sorry, Nier as a whole. And... um so I downloaded that and it didn't have a patch and I don't know, maybe that game never had a patch uh, or it's one of those affected. It just didn't really cross my mind until we started reading this article. So it's kind of like, huh, I hope that's not a thing that I have to deal with later. But uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, I guess that's the uh, price we pay for waiting 14 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, anyway, hopefully if any of you guys out there are still playing your PS3 or are having a panic buy session like myself, now that you know uh, the clock's ticking, uh, then hopefully you don't have any of these issues. And if you do, I mean, let us know and we can kind of talk about it. But otherwise, I just don't think there's much to say on that one. It's a little small article. So we'll move on to number five. Uh, yeah. 
Who's ready for an open world Bioshock? Question mark. This one comes Ooh. from IGN. Bioshock 4 developer Cloud Chamber is hiring, and a new job description for a senior writer may, senior writer may give us some hints as to what's in store for the franchise. The new job listing, first reported by PC Games N, uh, is specifically targeted at applicants who can weave impactful, character-driven stories in an open-world setting. This senior writer will also assist in crafting primary and secondary mission content, suggesting that the new Bioware or sorry, Bioshock, will allow players to veer off the path throughout the game. The role will be charged with assisting in the creation and execution of core story included and writing of dialogue and other narrative elements as directed. A number of Bioshock vets are still attached for the sequel. I'm not going to say that name. is from Bioshock 1 and 2, is serving as creative director. Original art director Scott Sinclair is reprising his role. And Bioshock Infinite art team creative director Jonathan Pelling is working as design director. Despite the history, the new Bioshock may not take place in the Undersea Rapture or Skybound Columbia. In any case, if you're a game writer with at least two ship projects under your belt, apply away. Uh, Chris, you are the Bioshock uh, king of the two of us for sure. Uh, I just, yeah, I'm interested to say, A, are you excited that you're getting another Bioshock? And B, what do you think about an open world Bioshock? Uh, open world. Love hate sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Bioshock, uh, I love the first two games. The third game, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed the gameplay and everything. But the ending storyline was so over my head. I had to look it up and <laughs> even reading it. I was like, ah, I don't even care anymore. But um, an open world Bioshock. So to me, when I was playing the Bioshock games, even back in the day, they, I mean, they're not open world, but they still felt. Yeah, I, some people will say I'm wrong on this, but they felt open to me. Like the maps were pretty large. Uh, I mean, yeah, you kind of had to go a certain way through it, but I never felt like I was being restricted any or anything like that. Like it, it just it felt good the way they had they laid things out. So if I'm trying to say, okay, is the new Bioshock going to be like um, uh, Division, Open World, or Destiny, or Horizon, or whatever? Um, if they can do it right, yeah, that'd be cool because I like. Even the other Bioshock games, they didn't really have side quests and stuff like that. It was mostly the main story and all the audio logs you would find and listen to kind of side stories, uh, but not actual like you maybe find like hidden caches of things. But so an open world Bioshock, I'm excited for it that I mean, if they can do it right. I mean, I, the thing is, is like I love Rapture so much, the underwater city. It's like I, I would want them to go back to that, but I feel like they're probably ready to move on to something else. Um, I just don't know what it would be. It's like, I, I was the, actually going to ask you. I'm like, they've already done air. They've done sea. I, I doubt they're just going to do normal. Hey, we're on ground. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be something where it's like the Matrix, where the player is going to be like jacked into some sort of virtual world or something like that. I, I don't know why that came to my mind when I heard open world Bioshock. Like, you got the water, which was awesome. You got the sky. And like you said, the ground is like, mm, <laughs> it's been done. So I'm thinking, I'm like, if I had to guess, I would think it could be some sort of virtual world that the person's jacked into. But I don't know. That's just, that'd be interesting. I would like to see if, like, 
I don't know if you how you would go about it. It'd be very probably difficult, but like, would they double down on that whole? You know, I'm the weird one. I like Bioshock Infinite more than any of them, and I'm like, would they double down on like the alternate realities? Yeah, they could. And then could you go between these realities? Like, you know, it, it, it whether you're um. I can't even remember her name anymore. What was the girl's name in Infinite? I pretended to like it, but I totally forgot her name. <laughs> uh, is it Alice? No. Elizabeth. Ah, yes. Elizabeth. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, like, yeah, with Elizabeth's power, like, could you be playing her? And then you go through these different dimensions trying to fix whatever core problem seems to be existing in all of them. Like, I don't yeah. know. I'm not the creative director or, or writer or anything like that, <laughs> but um, maybe that's something you could try because the only thing left in my brain that I really hope they don't do is like space, space, space. And I'm oh, like, God. oh, please. No, I, I just don't need a that space would be Bioshock. open world game. Then <laughs> it's open space. It could space. be a really big <laughs> ship and it's an open satellite i mean heck if halo can do it and technically it's on a big ring <laughs> call of duty then, yeah there you go too so i don't know what to think uh like i said i'm not a huge bioshock guy i personally thought one was underwhelming i know at the time it uh you know tickled a lot of fancies but i was late to the party on that one i'm not a big first person shooter in the first place uh so when i did get to it i just yeah it i just didn't like it it had nothing in it um I loved it, but I, I, I know I played I'm not it right saying when it's it came a bad out. game. No, it's I just know like, it's me saying I had issues narratively with it where it's like, it felt lazy in the sense that like 90% of the game, it's just you in a radio. Audio and I'm like, logs, this yeah. is lazy. There's so dialogue. many games that do that now though. Yeah. And I just, so I don't, I'm not a fan of that. I want to know these people, see these people in the world and feel like there's world building. But if you're mm. just talking to a radio, I could just be anywhere. Yeah. I mean, some, I mean, are you talking about like the actual talking between the characters on the radio or like the yeah. audio logs? Well, no, the talking, oh, like yeah. most of your interaction with any character on the game yes. is just through yeah. a radio. And that's sure. really lazy in my opinion. Except and for one interaction, like except for one interaction with a golf club. <laughs> <laughs> so like, there, like, again, I'm not saying that makes it an imperfect game or well, sorry, it does make it imperfect, but I'm not saying it makes it a bad game. I'm just, that was my take from it. And I just couldn't connect anything. So it just ruined my, feeling of having to complete this two i never gave a fair shake so i'm just going to take out any of my opinions there and then infinite i really liked i you know again that was exactly what i thought they needed to fix was that connection and i had that with elizabeth and that drove me to finish that game i don't understand the story in that one so that's why i'm a little bit less on that one so I don't think we were meant to. <laughs> we as humans, we're not meant to. Well, all I could say is, would you kindly move on to Article 6? <laughs> oh, you're, you're going to wish I didn't for how long it is. This one's number six. Naughty Dog struggles against multiple game development. Uh, this one comes from VGC. The PlayStation developer first attempted to embrace the multi-project model following the completion of 2009's Uncharted 2 Among Thieves with designers Bruce Starley and Neil Druckmann establishing a second team to create The Last of Us alongside the group working on a third Uncharted. However, Evan Wells told VGC in a new Game Maker's Notebook podcast uh, that Naughty Dog was ultimately unable to maintain two full productions with one project in gaining favor and pulling resources from the other. And it's an issue the studio still struggles with today. Uh, here comes the quotes. 
We tried our first major multi-project development with Last of Us. Well said. At the end of Uncharted 2, Bruce Starley and Neil Druckmann went off to start designing uh, that. Although they did spend a good solid three or four months working on Jack and Dexter before they decided to shelve it and focus on something new, they embarked on that and the idea that we need to build a team around it and have two teams going at once, and we just did not achieve that at all. He added, the amount of effort that was required to finish Uncharted 3 <clears throat> at the time was stealing resources away from The Last of Us, and we never got to the point where we had two full productions going. I would even say today that we're short of that. We definitely have multiple projects, but only one that is getting the lion's share of focus at any time. We don't have two projects that have several hundred people on them. We have one project and then some that are in pre-production or maybe just creeping out of pre-production, but that will wait till the main focus has completed before we move anybody off of that project. Like many AAA studios, Naughty Dog is taking longer to produce its big blockbuster action games as the resources required to build modern games increases. The Last of Us 2 released in 2020 Seven years after its predecessor, in completion, the studio released three Uncharted games between 2007 and 2011. That is a mouthful, and uh, what is your thoughts? Um, I mean, yeah, I guess it depends how big the studio is. For me, I think I would prefer to play a game that has a studio's full focus on it uh, and make the game good. And let's be honest, Naughty Dogs, uh, they, they've freaking nailed most of their projects when they do work on them they're really good they've all been great i mean there, we have issues with the story on the second one but i still have to admit it is a fairly decent game like it's good so i mean for me i think having a company that's fully focused on the game it seems like the right idea but i know there's other companies like if you go to one that's like uh, ubisoft like they have so many different studios and so many different countries and planes of existence <laughs> that they can uh, afford to work on multiple titles at the same time. So, I mean, if they need to do it and this is how their process is, I mean, keep doing it. I mean, I, I, are they just, is he, are they just here trying to explain why they do the way they do the things they do? It almost <laughs> seems like a, you know, they're trying to preemptively get ahead of the narrative that basically like, Hey, don't expect like, a new Uncharted next year or any release from Naughty Dog next year. Right. Uh, I also, there were some articles uh, that were about them saying like, hey, we'd love to do a Jack and Dexter again, but we just probably because of this, like they just don't have time to do multi-projects and do, you know, the ones they'd like to focus the most efforts on. Uh, reading this, you know, it, it is weird. I, you know, I, I look at some of this and it, it right at the end, it says, they've released three Uncharted games in like four years, but it took seven years to get The Last of Us 2 out, which again, I know the way they're doing it and they weren't able to do multiple games, it seems like they could quickly do a, a, like an Uncharted and then maybe do a little work here and then do another and whatever. Uh, it seemed like, honestly, from what I can tell, that they probably didn't even start The Last of Us 2 until they, they finished Uncharted 4. Um and that's fine, but also I think The Last of Us 2 suffered from being drawn out too long. That game could have been half as short and just as fine, mm. um, in, in my opinion anyway, and that they could have probably saved a lot of production time on that. It also depends too on like the engine that they're using because sometimes they have to go back and redesign the wheel, right? 
Yeah. Uh, so it's, I mean, in between the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4, there's definitely a, a, a time gap where they need to redesign the engine for the, the new infrastructure that they're working on. So that yep. obviously takes probably a year or so to do just alone. A uh, that's probably why we don't see a huge major difference between Last of Us Part 1 and Part 2. To be honest, I found the games very similar. Um, the crafting system was pretty much the same. Uh, the gunplay was felt the same. Obviously, everything got spruced up and looked even better. So that that's nice. That's just, I mean, you're just going to get that anyway. Yeah. Uh, working on a new system. So I, I don't know. Was it just the writing that took that much longer? I, I, don't uh, know. I mean, the the combat was better. It was better. Don't get me yeah. wrong. The motion's better. You know, it, it like you you play the original and it does feel dated in certain ways. But the combat was like different too because I mean, in the first yeah. game, you were fighting a lot more of the creatures and the monsters than you were actually people. Yeah. I mean, there was more. There was people, but the second one, it felt like the all the creatures and monsters were like an afterthought. They were Which just, is great to me. That was my biggest complaint is like, I thought there's still too many creatures yeah. and I love the AI. Like I thought that was the best thing about in yes. Last of Us 2. Uh, yeah. The AI was great. The battles with the people were great. It was, you know, the, uh, I can't even remember the, f- wasn't the, was it the, f- no, it wasn't the fireflies, right? I can't remember whatever the cannibal people that are shooting arrows at me, they were terrifying. Uh, I thought they did a good job with that. But yeah, like if this is what they have to do to release great games then fine so be it i i would say it's a little bit of a failure if you created a second team and they still can't even work on anything else but what the same thing the first team's working on uh but yeah like it's not wrong that games take more people and more time more resources altogether like you know especially if you want these giant blockbuster games so you know do what you have to do if it means that we're getting better quality games because as much as I didn't love The Last of Us Part Two, it came out and it was working. You know, yes. we're not dealing with this CD Project Red stuff. Correct. So I think that's good news. And uh, let's get to some other good news. This one's number seven. PS5 receives its first major update. And we're stealing this from multiple sources. So I'll let Chris go into it. So this one's a pretty big doozy. Um, we're kind of just going to do relatively rapid fire of all the features that uh, they announced themselves and other features and things that people have noticed uh, that were kind of unannounced. Um, So we'll get right into it. Um, The first feature was storing PlayStation 5 games on compatible external USB drives. With this feature, you can now transfer your PS5 games to USB extended storage from your console's internal storage. Uh, Because PS5 games are designed to take advantage of the console's ultra-high-speed SSD, PS5 titles can't be played uh, from the USB extended storage. Uh, PS5 titles also cannot be directly downloaded to the USB storage, so they have to be downloaded to the system and then transferred over to those keys. Uh, In addition, uh, you can also select which game modes you would want to install, I believe they're probably specifically targeting Call of Duty (laughs) for this one, uh, where they separate the campaign or the multiplayer uh, for select titles that have that support. Uh, Side note, uh, as previously announced, the PS5 console will support storage expansion uh, via M.2 drives in the future, uh, but they're currently working on this feature and will keep us posted with any updates on their blog. Um... 
do you want to do like a response to each feature? I think you're right. I I was kind of thinking the same thing because I think I want to come out and say like, is this a half measure? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, It's a welcome measure. At least we have something now. Yeah. Uh, Because even though I was less critical than everyone when the console first came out, even I, who don't usually have a lot of games uh, going at the same time, have already had storage issues and kept thinking, you know, I kept thinking to myself, boy, I wish I could just plug in my external hard drive. Like I have a one terabyte USB 3.0 hard drive. Uh, I'm not really using it for anything else. It'd be great to be able to do something with it. And even if it means just putting my PS4, you know, Persona 5 Royal on it and being able to play from there. Great. Do it. Um, Yeah, it's just nice to have an option. But the fact that they still have no idea how to get, you know, availability to expand the M.2 is just... They're working on it. They're working on it. It's just... But, like, you know, like, this console's been out for almost half a year. Why do you not have a solution for this? They're working on it. They're working on it. (laughs) Xbox worked on it day one. (laughs) Cross-generation share play <laughs> PS4 and PS5 players can now share play together while chatting in parties. This means PlayStation 5 console users can let their friends on PlayStation 4 consoles via their game screen or even try out the PS5 games through share play and vice versa. Options include the ability to share your screen with a friend, pass your controller virtually to a friend, or pass a second controller virtually to play co-op games together. Uh, that's kind of nice to join the two. Mind you, I mean... There's not too many PlayStation 5 exclusives yet uh, to kind of like troll PlayStation 4 users with. <laughs> but uh, but even it's, still, it's nice like I, you know, I think even me and yourself, like I before you got your PS5, because I got mine before you, I remember you wanting to share a screen to see like what I was playing and like, yeah. you know, how it looked better. And we couldn't do that. And although you have it now, I could definitely see other people wanting oh, to share sure. screen. And it's just great to have this option now. Yep. I'd like to see numbers of how often people use that feature because I think it's pretty high. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Another feature added is a request to join game session. A selection of your friends' joinable game sessions will now appear on both PS4 and PS5 consoles, allowing for more gameplay opportunities together. The request to join option also serves as a shortcut to sending a game invite reducing the time it takes for you to get into games with friends. Through the privacy settings menu, you can modify who can interact with you uh, for those features. Uh, and that will, uh, yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. That'll be good. Um, request to join session. It seems like a very obvious thing. Um, so yeah, it's kind of weird that it's like it wouldn't have already been there, but it's going to be real awkward every time I hit deny on your request, but <laughs> <laughs> I hope that doesn't show. They moved. They also upgraded the an improved game base, which I think we both agree it needs. Uh, I don't know if we both agree with how they did it, but the game no. base menu has been improved for quicker access to important content and features. You can now easily switch between parties and friends to chat uh, with your existing parties or see with uh, or sorry or see what each of your online friends is up to. In addition, you can uh, turn those notifications on and off for each of the parties you're in. So I'm just going to stop you right here. This one annoyed the hell out of me. Um, be mean you play games differently. Yeah. Absolutely. You're more multiplayer. I'm more single player. So for me, 
I feel like this just made an already bad thing worse. And it's not that it's a major issue. It's not a major, major hurdle to get over, but you know, I go and typically what I like to do as a professional online creeper is I like to just go see like who's online, what they're playing. And then I go about my business. Well, now it goes straight to parties, which I have none. I have no parties on that thing. I haven't even party. I, I your me and yours doesn't even show up there because I don't think I've ever done it with the it's PS5. Not, it doesn't show as active, but it is there when you go deeper. Okay, so then anyway, all I see is a blank screen, and now I have to hit an extra button, which again, like I said, not a big hurdle, but it's just another inconvenience where I have to hit a, yet another button to go see what my friends are doing. And it's again, it's just these little nitpicky things, but it's just like turning off your console. But, you know, back in the crazy days where you just held your bloody PlayStation button and then right away it's like, do you want to turn me off? Yes. Well, that's not even in there either. Like this thing, like they really, I just get so frustrated that every time we get a new console, it's like they go backwards. Like remember when PS3 had themes and then PS4 comes out and it didn't have themes and then they finally had to put it back in. And guess what happened with PS5? Where's my themes, Chris? <laughs> so from anyway, my perspective... Uh, I think it's a good thing because I remember I do have parties and friends, uh, friend groups set up. So uh, when you're trying to actually, the way it was before, I felt it more difficult to switch between parties and friends. It was just awkward to like, I just want to communicate with one person. And it was very difficult, I found, to do it when you were set up with parties with them. It just seems like a bit of a mix match. Uh, but I tried it just now with, after the update, and I, I think in my mind it seems like it's a more fluid system for the people that use it. I could see fully, though, from your perspective, who doesn't have very many parties, uh, it's just a kind of a hindrance because it's just. I just feel button. like why would parties not be second? Why wouldn't it be a totally different button all on its own? To be honest, is probably yeah. the better choice because I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, more features to go. Disable game chat or adjust player's volume. You can now quickly disable in-game chat, uh, which turns off your mic audio and the voice audio of other players. Additionally, you can e uh, easily adjust the individual voice chat volume of other players in the same chat, uh, so you don't have to ask your friends to lower or increase their mic volume each time. That seems handy. It works well when I'm using Discord. Uh, there's so many times everybody's volume is so inconsistent. So it seems like a great feature to have on this system. For me, yeah. the, the big takeaway here, disable game chat. Woo! Woo! <laughs> like that's the first thing I did. As soon as I heard that was an option, because again, not like it happens to me a lot, but what was it a week or two when I was playing uh, Marvel's Avengers online, I would have loved this. I would have loved this. You randomly go and a guy just quickly pops in your thing, even though you didn't really want him there in the first place. Then right away, what do you hear? Screaming babies or shit happened in the background that I'd have no interest in. <laughs> like, and then you got to individually mute everyone. And then you're like, you know, then you remember, oh yeah, I'm playing on a PS5 and my controller automatically has its mic on so he's also hearing all my garbage that i don't want him to hear you know my wife's going over my social security number like all this stuff i'm like no baby no so now i don't have to mute my controller it's just done and it's beautiful great this is the best thing about everything right now <laughs> game update pre-download uh once it's enabled by developers title updates for games will pre-download to your console if the automatic update setting is enabled on your console uh, if it's in rest mode, uh, this will let you start playing the latest version of a game immediately after the updates released. I didn't realize this wasn't a thing already, but, <laughs> but okay. 
Uh, customized game library with the ability to hide games from view. Uh, it's now easy, uh, easier to find content and personalize your view of the game library. Uh, screen zoom, uh, you can now also adjust the magnification of the screen to suit your preference uh, from the settings menu. Uh, Shout out to all my seniors. Woo! woo. <laughs> Senior gamers, they're like, we know how to roll. We, we love grandma. Yeah. <laughs> uh, new trophy settings and stats screen. Uh, the level of trophies that results in automatic capture or of a screenshot or a video clip can now be customized. So you can now choose to only capture and save images, uh, videos of moments uh, when you earn like higher tier trophies, like gold or platinum. Uh, we've also introduced a new player trophy stats screen. Uh, where you could check out the summary of your trophy level and status at a glance. Um, that's all good. My biggest I'm, beef still with trophies is I don't like the way they sort the trophies. I, I want them in a list mode, like top down. I don't like these little uh, tiles for each trophy because it's just harder to read and it looks more creative, but it's just... Oh, it's, uh, it's absolutely cumbersome. I totally agree with yeah. you. Uh, as someone that's running a big trophy guy, I look at this and I, I know exactly what you're saying. Like, it just seems tedious as all hell. The previous menu lists all your games that you play. That's the menu I want. That yeah. that that because you could it's top down view, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Far Cry Four. It just lists all your games in a list. I want to click that game and have that exact same format, but show the trophies, not this weird tile bubble crap. And I will say, though, I do appreciate this. I already switched my console to only do gold and platinum on videos and screenshots. Yeah, I don't need a trophy for pressing uh, jump five times in a row or something. Well, I was just like, because let's face it, your first bronze is always like, you learned how to move your character. (laughs) I'm like, I I don't need a picture and a video (laughs) of that. And apparently some people were saying, like, you know, if you're a big gamer, let's say more you than me, Chris, like you're actually going to have a lot of video eating up your hard drive on your PlayStation. Like yeah. some people are complaining. It was quite a few gigs more than you'd think if you're a big trophy hunter. Yeah. Cause I think it saves like 15 seconds or 20 seconds by default mm-hmm. for every single and it trophy. It adds up for 4k footage, yes, right? For sure. Uh, so that's pretty much everything that was on the PlayStation blog. that was officially announced. Uh, but there's been other stuff that people have noticed afterwards. And those can include 120 Hertz mode, uh, for those gamers utilizing a PC monitor that supports 120 uh, hertz and runs uh, sorry 1080p, the new PS5 update also now adds that level of support. This update uh, to the refresh rate will be made even better when Sony eventually adds varying refresh rate support in the future. Uh, additionally, uh, in the HDMI section of the system settings menu, you can now enable HDMI device link, which is not new technically. Uh, enable one touch play and enable power off link. You can also enable HDP, HDCP, uh, but that's n- but what's new is the one touch play. Uh, if you turn on your PS5, the connected device will also turn on and switch inputs uh, to the PS5. Uh, reads the sub description. Uh, this feature is especially nice for those that have smart TVs that are voice activated or smart devices like Alexa. Uh, voice activate your TV and your PS5 will automatically follow, which is kind of nice. And then there's also t- uh, the enable power off option, which will allow your PS5 to go into rest mode when your TV is turned off. Uh, one that people have been talking about is a bug that uh, was happening since the release. Uh, so a number of PlayStation 5 owners are report- reporting that the console's first major system update uh, has tackled a bug related to its Blu-ray drive. 
Uh, since the system launch in November 2020, users have reported an issue which results in PS5 discs spinning at various intervals, often quite loudly. Uh, I think we can both confirm that as well. Yeah. Uh, some users have said it happens on the hour, every hour, while others have also claimed to have experienced it uh, every 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, PlayStation 5 system update reportedly combats this loud uh, disc spinning issue. Uh, here are some quotes from some random users. Uh, I can confirm that the stupid issue is finally fixed by Sony. Uh, one wrote on Reddit, new system update uh, 2021-0414 solved the problem. While it still does the disc check, it's very quiet. Another one reported, I think this semi-fixed it, uh, PS5 owner said on Resetera. It still spins, but it's only two very faint whirs, and then it goes back down. Uh, one last person commented, yeah, it definitely seems quieter than doing those checks, said another player. It's still pretty damn loud when installing the game. Uh, they uninstalled and reinstalled Demon Souls just to check, uh, but the license check or whatever it does seems to be quite a bit quieter. Uh, you um, bought Demon Souls physically, so uh, shame on you. Shame. Shame. So, yeah, it seems like a, a fairly significant update. Uh, lots of good stuff. Uh, I haven't confirmed the disc spinning thing, but that would require me to actually have a disc-based game. I want to say, <laughs> like, after the fact, I want to say I think I noticed it because I've had Persona 5 Royal in my disc drive for a while, and I did remember, yes, very often for me, definitely more than like an, I would say I was more in the boat of the every 15, 20 minutes, very loud, random disc checks. I don't know why. And then, uh, I want to, I haven't, I can't say definitively what the new timeline is for it, but it, it definitely doesn't enter my brain anymore. Like the last few times I was playing Mortal Kombat this week, I don't think I noticed it once. Uh, and again, it probably did happen, but it just must be that much more quiet for me now. Mm-hmm. That's good. So that I'm might pretty, be my new favorite feature here, actually. The, the quiet, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, I'll yeah. be honest. It was, did seem pretty loud since we've gotten it. So, uh, I mean, when it's kind of passive, not doing anything, it's perfectly quiet. But I remember back when it first came out, there was people like who had issues that were about loudness. But mm. I mean, that, I think that was specific issues to their systems. So, regardless, it seems like a pretty massive patch adds and fixes quite a few things it's been nice to see some of the stuff afterwards but it would have been nice also if they had said they fixed those issues but they probably didn't want to admit that they were an issue in the first place so yeah i feel like this is a lot of half measures uh this isn't what i think a lot of us were hoping for but hey at least it's something and you know it just means we can hope that the next one i i hope the next one's not another five months away but uh you know Maybe they'll tackle the M.2 thing that I'd really like, because as soon as they do that, I am buying another hard drive. That'll probably be the next thing. I mean, they, they're going to want to sell hard drives, too. So, <laughs> And I'm a sucker for themes. Up. Bring back my themes. I get it doesn't really work with what you guys wanted. You want those little game tile things, whatever yeah. you want to call them. Splash and screens. they each have their, yeah, their little screens. I don't care about that. Let me get the themes back. I want themes. It's another market for them to make money, so <laughs> I know, why right? Not? Seems like a no-brainer. Yep. Uh, so anyway, that's it for the update. We're just going to move on to our last news article running kind of late from what we normally, you know, that timely fashion I talk about so much. I like it in the hour mark. We're definitely past that. So we're going to move on to last article. It takes a village. This one comes from IGN. So basically, Resident Evil Village had another showcase, uh, I believe, on the 15th, which was the Thursday. 
Uh, me and Chris both watched it. So we're just going to quickly summarize some of the stuff. Uh, you know, it was a, I don't even want to say it was 30 minutes long, but they kind of touched on a lot of things. The big points were you got a new trailer. Uh, then they start talking about a demo. So I'll get into the demo. PlayStation owners were ha will have early access to the demo next week. And the village and the castle portions will be separated into two days. Each demo will be available to download and play over an eight hour window. Although the game time is limited to 30 minutes for each. So for the PlayStation people to get early access, uh, it already starts this Saturday. That's the village demo. It's April 17th, 5 p.m. Uh, PT till 1 a.m. And then Castle demo will be the following week, uh, April 24th, 5 p.m. PT to the 1 a.m. as well. Uh, then everyone else apparently gets to join in much later. I believe it's May 1st or May 2nd. And, you know, that portion you can get a total of 60 minutes i believe you get to play both demos uh and again it's like a timed window which is kind of a weird rollout yeah, it's a weird uh, window so i i would definitely suggest if you're interested in the game go look up the schedule because they're like they're doing weird specialty things where it's like in an eight hour window you yes. can play for half an hour so it's very confusing so if you're very interested Definitely go take and a look. And you can preload the demo, so I recommend. I already did it. Yeah, you're gonna. So have to, yeah. I'm ready to play it tomorrow, uh, if I can even stay awake that late. Um, and then anyway, they went on later to basically confirm that guess what? They heard your cries, and Resident Evil Mercenaries returns in Resident Evil Village. Uh, definitely not my kind of thing, but I'm not a challenge crazy person. But I know a lot of people loved it, and you know, previous ones, Resident Evil Four stands out. Uh, so go get it. And then Resident Evil Dead by Daylight collaboration was announced. So they're apparently going to have more info on that in their own uh, online showcase. So look forward to that later. Uh, that could, that could be cool. That could be cool. If, if they add some of like the bosses into Dead by Daylight, like Nemesis oh, for or sure. Tyrant. I'm hoping it's Birkin. I would, I would but definitely jump. Me. Oh, yeah. Birkin would be cool. Yeah. I, I definitely I'd definitely jump back into that game and try it out. Yes, and then uh, they went on to the kind of animated Netflix stuff. Uh, they basically told us a little bit more, showed us a little bit more of the Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, which is apparently about a zombie outbreak at the White House. We got Leon and Claire coming back. So if you're interested in that, they also revealed it's coming in July. Uh, and then the last big reveal was a Oculus Quest 2 reveal, and that is that Resident Evil 4 is coming to VR for the Oculus Quest quest too um yeah i think chris is excited about this i'm i've never been a huge resident Evil 4 guy i just it's fine but it's not like the ones i loved uh, you know i'm more two and three classic but i'm a crazy tank driver apparently <laughs> so don't trust me and uh but yeah i think chris you sounded like you're pretty um enthused about this if i sounded enthused it was in a sarcastic tone uh, I'm not excited for this. I am excited for a Resident Evil 4 like remake or something like that. I'm not really excited for a Resident Evil 4 VR game, uh, especially for the Oculus. Um, maybe if there's a version that comes out for the PlayStation, uh, a VR system that I actually own or want to own. Um, this feels to me like Facebook or something. They like double, triple, quadruple down and like, Dude, you guys got to make Resident Evil 4 for the Facebook Oculus Quest because, man, we, we need to sell these stupid things. We got a warehouse full of these things, man. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, like last week, you know, I, I've heard the conversation. A lot of people are like, does Resident Evil 4 need a remake? Is it old enough to justify a remake? 
And then last week we talked about how Last of Us is getting remakes. So yeah, like, I know. So, yeah, yeah. If, if Last of Us can, then definitely Resident Evil 4 is justified. Yeah. Uh, there's one or two other things I wanted to just quickly also add. Um, that Resident Evil Reverse, uh, they also did confirm, uh, although I think they probably confirmed earlier on, but they yeah, also they did. did say that uh, you would get access to that uh, with Village uh, on purchase. And then one other thing kind of more, I think, lore-wise that might be interested uh, the Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, like you mentioned, it does is two years after the Resident Evil events. Um, but as far Resident as Resident Evil Four events, yeah, sorry, yeah, Resident Evil Four events, yeah, yeah. But uh, cr- like I guess chronologically, it means that the events in the series are before the Resident Evil Six game. So yeah. that's interesting. I, I I thought that would be interesting to know. So, and they're gonna reveal Ashley's daddy, <laughs> the yeah. president. So anyway, that is it for our news articles. We are way behind. I think we're 20 minutes behind now um, <laughs> before editing. So don't quote me later if you're like, you lied to me. I don't want those emails anymore. <laughs> anyway, so we're going on to homework. What is homework? Homework is when we do not have any more time to discuss interesting topics that came up this week. So we just give you the name of the articles, where to find them, and then you can go educate yourself. So we're going on to number one. Days Gone 2 was pitched with a co-op mode and shared universe. This one's found at IGN, and it talks about what could have been, but won't be, sadly, because of Sony's current decision-making skills. Just makes us want it more. I really think the second one probably would have fixed a lot of problems with the first one, and you could have had a solid series, but, you know, it is what it is. Hey, who knows? Maybe PC will... It will sell so much on PC and get so many more people excited about it that it might have a chance to revive itself. Uh, But that's just me being optimistic for once. Uh, then the second bit of homework, former Dragon Age lead writer talks about what he loved and hated about working on Dragon Age 2. That one can be found in Game Informer. And I just thought it was interesting because I'm one of the weirdos that love Dragon Age and uh, or at least one and two. And uh, yeah, I thought two was definitely a weird misstep. So it's interesting to see what their take on it was from the inside. Uh, we also have Assassin's Creed Valhalla's first major expansion has been delayed to May. This one can be found on VGC. I think everybody's okay with that. They have other issues to fix in the game. So. <laughs> oh, I know. I can't believe like that's another one where it's like, because of Cyberpunk, I don't think like Ubisoft's Watchdog and Assassin's Creed are talked about with how many problems they really had as well. <laughs> you know, that they're still struggling to get those games to work properly. CD Projekt says it has friendly relations with Sony uh, following the Cyberpunk 2077's PlayStation Store removal. This can also be found on BGC. And we're happy that they're talking again and that they're going to have a good relationship and that they love each other. (laughs) And I don't believe any of this. And Sony's still probably like, fix your game and stop calling us. Uh, Next is Sony has invented or sorry, Sony has invested another $200 million in Epic Games. This one also comes from VGC. And uh, yeah, no surprise there. They like money, and that's where you can find money. <laughs> it's, uh, it's money from Minecraft. Uh, and then the last one, users proves. Sorry, user proves. Once PS4's internal CMOS battery dies, even physical games won't play offline. Uh, this one's a little fear-mongering, but it sounds like it's nothing really to worry about. It probably can get patched out. Yeah, this and- one we uh, talked about a couple weeks ago. Someone had rumored that this could be a potential problem. So someone, I guess, decided to go out and prove that it is a problem uh, or could be a, like it would potentially be a problem. Uh, 
in my eyes, the stars would have to align for this to be an actual problem. So Yeah, and it sounds like you can even replace the battery, and once you sync up with the server, you're fine again. So who knows? I just think it's a lot of people, like I said, fear-mongering right now just because of all the, you know, scared people about the PS3 and Vita stores dying. Um, but anyway, you can go find those on your own time and, uh, we are past the timely fashion we love so much. So we have to say goodbye until next week. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for giving us that currency. That is so, so valuable, which is your time. Uh, we always appreciate it. And until next Monday, goodbye. Bye. Bye.